Om Namo Narayanaya. My name is Aaron Joy, and welcome back to a Saturday afternoon in a snowy Portland, Maine, actually, where we're talking about religion and society. Before we go any further, Om Bhavasavaha Tatsavitra Karenyamago Jimahid Yoyonaf Prakshodaya. I want to open with a reading from my guru, Sri Acharya, from his book, Living Dharma. This is, uh, I guess we say aphorism or thought, whatever, number 257, if you should happen to have this book. Through our ancestral heritage, we are all part of an historic continuum stretching back to the very beginning of time. We must never reject the past significance of our family, our ancestors, and our people. Those who are no longer living in physical form have not ceased to be valuable members of our present community. Though they have gone on to the realm of the ancestors, they are still an integral part of our family. They still care for us and guide us in myriad unseen ways. Find comfort, strength, and inspiration from your ancestral heritage. It is only in honoring the sanctity of our ancient scriptural heritage that sorry, ancient spiritual heritage, that we will secure a future that has true meaning and beauty. I read this in honor this week of the death of Lisa Marie Presley and Jeff Beck. I am a music lover. My bass is right behind me. <laughs> and uh, I, um, I love Elvis, actually. You can't see it, but there's a license plate right here that says rock and roll and has Elvis's face on it. When I was like 11 years old, I would run through the house going, uh, thank you, thank you very much, and like put a cape on my back. And and I wanted to be an Elvis impersonator. The only thing that ever stopped me was I don't have the outfit, but I, I love Elvis. So seeing her death was like, oh my gosh. And I just read about the news of her going to the hospital hours earlier. And then Jeff Beck, the guitar player's guitar player, a guy who doesn't have, I feel, the mainstream fame that he could have, that his skills merit. But he lost out on that, I think, by his own choice. I think he followed, from what I know of his biography, he followed his own drummer. He did his own thing. He had his own challenges, and they weren't necessarily becoming a multimillionaire rock god. He didn't aim for commercialism. He aimed for being his true self. And so... In that sense, I honor the death of Jeff Beck this week because he lived for himself and to do his own thing. And he was a he was a great guitar player. Uh, and like I said, as I say this as a bass player myself. So I have been in a few bands. Uh, I've been in the metal band, metal trio, Tired Wings in Brooklyn, and also a local group, Willie Martin and the Woods, which was an alternative country band. Of course, this is a funny story. Uh, we were playing, and we had some great gigs, and then I decided to leave because uh, I had my, my ex-girlfriend had just passed away on the day of one of our gigs. Plus, I was going here musically, and another member was going way over here, and I just felt like I, I didn't really want to go there. And I needed to deal with this family uh, thing. And just the, my ex-girlfriend died at 33 years old from drinking. So it was really traumatic. So I took a few months off and just kind of regrouped. And then I 
later in the year, got my base, signed up for a jazz theory class, which was like having Thor's hammer hit your head every single week to the point where I was like, it was insane. It was just me and a sax player, but it really wasn't tailored to us. It was just a teacher who just didn't read people well. And he might be a good player, but I, I just, it became so difficult that I think the learning stopped at one point. And I was just going there because I paid for it. And that was what it is. But I learned a lot and I thought I'm going to regroup and I'm just going to sit with my bass and just go through a lot of this stuff. And it was all jazz theory and stuff I had basics in. And now I had a whole lot of more knowledge in. And I had it all planned out. The class ended in December. I was going to go through the winter here in Maine where there's snow on the ground and I don't want to lug one of these things around. And then in March or April, I'd look for a band to play in. And you know what happened in March or April? Lockdowns. Ah, oh, I was just like, oh, you're kidding me. Oh, you're kidding me. The band I left even broke up at one point. I was just like, that's it. And I haven't played since out in public. But if any of you are in Portland, Maine and looking for a bass player, uh, I'd be interested. Give me a buzz. My email's down below. Uh, so uh, big music fan here. It'll come up. No it doesn't really have anything to do with religion, which is the theme of this show. But I have a religion story related to one band that I left. Hadn't been with them for so long. Things were kind of okay. Um, personality conflicts. Just like I, I had one guy in the band say to me, he goes, I hate basses who play like a lot of notes. And I really don't play a lot of notes. I'm not like Chaco or anything. But he goes, bass players should play one note that nobody can hear. Boom, boom boom, boom, boom. Like, nah, man, that I, you're insulting me because I'm trying to create some groove to go underneath the melody. And, and, and you're just telling me just to play C, 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 do, 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 whatever. I'm like, I, I can't, I'm done. And we finally, I, I kind of swallowed it for a while. And then I was just getting frustrated and frustrated. And then I finally quit over a text message because he said, we have a drummer who's heard our music and he wants to play in this group. Okay, cool. Let's bring them in. Because I was basically doing the, dr uh, the drum parts on my bass, which meant I couldn't always play the way I wanted to because I wanted to make sure we had a strong backbeat. And he goes, yeah, this drummer's great, but he mentioned he's a Christian. And this was in this text message. And I don't want a Christian in our band. I refuse to be around because these people are evil. Excuse me? Excuse me? What? Oh, yeah, they're evil. And I started pushing them. We went back and forth. He said that his uncle or somebody had shown him some church down the road and, and never to go in there because he might not come out alive because Christians do evil things and they, they sacrifice animals and they kill babies and they want to kill people. And I'm like, you are so full of, I don't know what your uncle told you, but he was trying to give you nightmares. That's not true. I know. I have a master's degree in Christianity. I've dated a minister. I've been to tons of churches in numerous countries. That is so not true. I've studied Christianity, though I've tried to forget a lot of it deliberately because I don't believe in it. And he's like, oh, no, no. My uncle would never lie to me. It's 100% true. And I went, you know what? I'm sorry. I am religious. I am Hindu. What do you know about Hinduism? He goes, nothing. I said, well, what if you found something out about us? Like we used to do human sacrifices. We used to sacrifice horses and uh, widows would jump into, uh, sorry, jump into the funeral pyre. What are you going to say about me when you find out that we were doing things like that, which are legitimate things? What are you going to say? You're going to want me in your band anymore? I'm like, I'm sorry. 
if you don't want a Christian in your band, I don't know when you're going to stop because of bad beliefs, false beliefs. I don't know if you're going to stop at those or find something about me and not want me in the band. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I am done. And you're, you're, you're clueless and you, you, you're, you're, you're brain dead. I probably said it in harder words actually, because to me, it's like, how can you not question things, particularly something as huge as the Christian church. It's one thing if you don't really care about it. Like when I was growing up, I didn't give a shit about the Christian church, but it was like, it's another to be told horrible, horrible stories and not want to research that. If someone said to me, oh, by the way, do you know they sacrifice children next door? You know what I want to do? I'd want to go over there. I'd want to check it out. And then I would be on my phone, 911, you need to be here immediately. Or I would walk to the police station like they're, they're sacrificing children. This is horrible. I'd want to get rid of this. So I'd want to know what they were doing. That's not something I toss off lightly. But how can you be so ignorant that you don't even want to investigate, that you just take a story? And all you have to do is look on TV or watch Mel Gibson's movie or do anything to see that that's not really true. So I don't even know if this was a Christian church or not, if it was something else or what was going on. I, I was done with the conversation, but I, I just don't get this sense of not wanting to learn beyond one thing somebody tells you. Someone told you they do this, so thus you know 2,000 years of history? I don't get it. it. It's, you know, people say they're really smart, but they don't have a drive to learn or to educate. or And that moves into they often then will start lying because maybe deep down they know, yeah, you know, maybe my uncle was kicking my ass for something or you know it's not really like this and i've known lots of christians and they're not killers and they're nice people so god maybe maybe this isn't true they know deep down it's not true but they persist in perpetuating their lies oh i knew deep down that christians are good but oh they're killers anyways i tell everybody they're killers but i know deep down maybe they're not you're lying you're basically slandering and lying about people why why do that that's where this goes this this closed off mentality, the next step is to then lie about people. And and then when you're lying about a group that you know, I mean, how far does that go? How many other things will you lie about? It just boggles my mind sometimes. And I, I, I have to swallow my tongue <laughs> because this is a pandemic in society, a pandemic of not investigating, not being curious, not wanting to know the truth, and then lying. This is a pandemic in society. There was a Hindu woman I knew, excuse me. Uh, there was a Hindu woman I knew, and she uh, had seen an hour and a half documentary on Christians. You know where this is going. But it was about those snake handlers in like Tennessee or Virginia, you know, the ones that, that get the snakes. And she was like, well, that's what Christians do. I'm like, no, that's only what like 100 people do. <laughs> and they're a dying out group, honestly. Nobody else does that. Oh, no, no, that's what all Christians do. And I saw this and I know all about Christianity. I'm like, have you read the Bible? No, but I've heard quotes from it. So you've watched an hour and a half documentary. You have read or actually heard some quotes from the Bible. Thus, you are an expert on all of Christianity, just like my bandmate. And then she proceeded to go into this. Well, you know, Christians go to India and they do horrible things to Hindus and they try to convert Hindus and they manipulate and they do all this stuff. And it's destroying Indian culture. It's stealing Indian culture. It's destroying Hindu culture, yada, yada. 
I mention this stuff on this channel all the time. You know what I'm talking about. And I said, that's true. They do horrible things. But do you realize that you're basically, you're saying you hate them lying about Hindus, so you are in turn lying about Christians? She's like, no, I'm not. I saw a documentary. I'm like, you saw a documentary about a hundred people. There are how many millions of Christians in the world? And none of them do the snake handling. You're literally lying about them because you hate them so much. You, you hate the fact that Christians lie about India, so you're going to in turn lie about Christians. That's how you're going to defeat Christianity? That's how you're going to be a strong Hindu? That's how you're going to fight for the soul of Sanatana Dharma is by lying? Deliberately lying. And she wasn't interested in our friendship, just died instantly. It's just, it boggles my mind how people lie and they know they're lying and they put out deliberate lies to push an agenda and they lie about somebody else who's lying about them and they think that makes them better. So it got me curious this week about what does Hinduism say when it comes to lying? I have actually never read anything about this, so I did some Googling. This isn't the end-all be-all of what lying is in, in Hinduism. There's probably more to it than I found, but this is what I came up with. So this person who I found actually quoted Adi Shankara and the Tamil poet, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, my apologies, Thiruvalluvar. And according to them, there are five times when it is okay to lie. One, you can tell a lie to a woman. Two, as a joke. Three, during marriage, like to bring a boy and a girl together to be married. Four, when your life is threatened. And five, when your wealth is going to be lost. It is okay to lie, according to Adi Shankara and this Tamil poet, in those five times. So to just go back really briefly, you can tell a lie to a woman. We actually see that in the Kama Sutra. I've read it here on this channel. You can go back and look at those videos where I read the entire Kama Sutra and the, the actual one, not the modern whatever variations. And it does actually say in that many, many times, it's okay to lie to a woman. The other times that it's okay to lie is when you are telling a joke. And this source that I found doesn't give any examples of when jokes are good, but I'm guessing it's assumed that if I'm joking and you, I'm joking, then having a lie in that, that's okay. It's also okay to lie during marriage. Again, this is found in the Kama Sutra. Uh, this is something that is valuable to the marriage. The source I found didn't really detail like what exactly in the marriage and when in the marriage I can lie. I'm assuming lying to create something good or lying to shelter from uh, shelter someone from harm. If I'm having an affair, lying about it to my wife, that probably isn't included, but I don't really know. Another thing is when your life is threatened, it's okay to lie. We see this in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, might be in the Ramayana. I'm blanking right now. If you're in danger, you can lie. Or if your wealth is being lost, you're going to lose it somehow, it's okay to lie. Nowhere do we see on this list, though, that it's okay to lie to condemn a group. If 
I am a guy and a Christian church is next door to me and I think they're killing babies. Is my life threatened? Well, theoretically, no, because they're not. For me to then tell everybody, oh, well, this church is horrible, they're not doing anything to me. They're not, I'm not a woman. They're not telling jokes. I'm not getting married to anyone in the church. My life isn't threatened by this church and I'm not losing my wealth to this church. So for me to just go out and start lying about this church, that is not on this list. That is me going after somebody to push an agenda and an agenda isn't a reason to lie. A few years ago, uh, I saw someone, he was quoting Ted Nugent. You can say what you want about Ted Nugent, but he had put a quote out and the quote had been misinterpreted and he had responded with, no, that's not what I said. And here's the actual interview, but they've misinterpreted me. And a friend was pushing this misinterpretation going, oh, look at how stupid Ted Nugent is. And I said, you know what? He didn't actually say this. He actually condemned that. And my friend came right back and he goes, oh, it doesn't matter if he didn't say it or not because he's such a bad person. It doesn't matter. So I'll credit the quote to him anyways, because he's a bad person. So you're going to deliberately lie. And I sent a link that Ted had written. I said, here's the actual quote by Ted. And my friend read it and he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. He's bad. So I'll lie about him. Nowhere on this list does it say you can do that. But yet that is how society runs now. And it, it boggles my mind sometimes. And it's just very frustrating. So I would be interested in your thoughts on lying. What's the limit to lying? Are there things on this list that, well, this list isn't complete. Let me know what you think. I, it just was like, yeah, it was very interesting. And and I see all these lies and all these things. And and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was looking for some feedback, so I thought I'd bring it here. Give me a chance. Let me take a drink. Now, this does go into what I want to talk about today, and that is Jordan Peterson. Let me get my notes. So Jordan Peterson has been in the news lately. You've probably seen the news in passing or something. I'm sorry, my camera is moving on me. Live television is like that. <laughs> and I forgot my microphone, so my apologies for that. Anyways, back to Jordan. He had, I think, 12 complaints. I might have the number wrong. 12 complaints against him for things. And many of the people who complained said they were students of him. They were never students. They deliberately lied. As for the details of the complaints, I won't go into them. Uh, I won't go into what's happening to him either. Basically, he's being threatened by the College of Psychologists. He's told that because of these 12 complaints, he needs to go through a re-education program, uh, be approved by somebody that he has been re-educated and he now knows how to communicate with people and communicate the right ideas, which, or actually, I just say woke progressive ideas, not tradition, not uh, conservative or traditional ideas. And then he will be allowed to practice. And if he does not do this re-education program, and who knows how long it can last, but he'll have to pay for it out of his own pocket. And it will probably be thousands of dollars. He will be put up for a trial or a hearing of some sort and potentially lose his license. Probably he absolutely will lose his license. So he won't be able to see any students anymore. So this has been making the news. If you would like details on what is exactly going on with him, 
down below, there is a link to his YouTube channel where he spends about an hour and a half with his daughter and he details everything. And he's very open about this. And he goes, I will put everything I can into the public so you can all see and pass your own judgment on what I've done. Now, I won't say I'm like a huge Jordan Peterson fan. I have known about him since he kind of took the internet by storm. But in the beginning, I would see his name and I would see these video recordings from his classrooms. And I was like, okay, the guy's really intelligent, but he rambles and he goes in all these directions and I can't keep track of what he's talking about. But there's some really interesting stuff here and he's actually really cool, but I never really got into him. And I then noticed when he left the university, which was not by choice, it was under duress. They were, they were pushing him out and I took more notice of him. That got me to become someone who now kind of pays attention to him or peeks in on his YouTube to see what's going on. The college, I assume, probably wanted to get rid of him with the thought that if they get rid of him, he'll vanish. He'll be gone. And it didn't work. His career just went boom. It skyrocketed. It skyrocketed so much that he has not had any students since 2017. And he is... Well, he's in a point now where if they took his license, it would be too bad because he spent 10 years trying to get it, but he really doesn't need it. He can still write books. He can do YouTube. He can do talks. He can do interviews. He can do all sorts of things. He hasn't actually had any formal students in years, so his income isn't relying on it. So really taking the license is like, what are you doing to him? What are you doing? He's already left the college. Didn't matter. You take his life. That's not going to matter. You think it's going to be less? It's actually going to make things worse. So I want to touch base on some of the things, some thoughts I've had over Jordan Peterson's leaving. He has said in this video, if you go below, he said that the whole damn organization is corrupt. And I've seen him in other videos talk about how he has no respect for the College of Psychologists. So if they get rid of the degree, I mean, get rid of his certification, it's sort of like, well, it's a group he doesn't care about anymore. So you're you're almost uh, throwing Brayer Rabbit into the briar patch. He's like, okay, whatever. I used to be a Freemason. I was very active, like four to five nights a week for a couple years. I was really active. And then I had some philosophical and ethical issues and some personal issues with some people uh, I had one person think that I was trying to get in on his territory. I'm like, no, I, I I, don't know what your territory is. Oh, no, you're trying to take my fame. And I'm like, no, your ego is just out of control. And you're threatened by a non-threatening person who doesn't care. And I had other things. that was just like, this doesn't make sense to me and ethically whatever. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I left. Uh, and I had kind of basically pulled back and quit 100%, except this one guy asked me to be involved. And here I was, two years in Freemasonry. I basically didn't care. I'd stopped everything. But I said to this friend, okay, I'll come back and do this one event. And that's it. And, and that's because I, I have no animosity with you. I'll come back and do it. But then I'm officially done. I am done with this. I did the event how I wanted. It was fine. And then I just said, I walked out and care again. Well, someone watching it didn't like it, didn't like what I had done. And I got this huge letter. Well, you can't be involved in Freemasonry. And I'm kicking you out and don't do this. And you're done. I'm like, um, I left six months ago. 
And for you to kick me out of an organization that I don't really care about anymore? Uh, I don't feel threatened. You should have written this letter months ago. It's just like, really? Really? Like, and now you're telling me to leave a group that I have already left and I'm happy to leave. And wow, I feel sorry for you. I really feel sorry for you. I got it. I got what Jordan Peterson is saying. I understand it. He doesn't care on some level. And he's moved beyond this group. I think, though, this group, this college of psychologists and his university are jealous. I think they're jealous of him. I think they see this guy, just a college professor like any other uh, Canadian psychologist. And how many of, are there of them out there who suddenly became super famous? But it went beyond anybody else. Most Okay, let me rephrase this. How many Canadian psychologists can you name? Jordan Peterson. Anything else? Anyone else? Probably that's it. Because most of them, they get on the news. They promote their new book. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Buy my book. They do a few interviews, and then they vanish away. You never hear about them again. Or there's a trend now. They get on, and they have some crazy idea. Like there was a... I don't know what it was, psychologist or whoever out of England that said you can now self-identify your own age. So if I told you that I'm 60 years old and not 45, that is 100% correct. I am 60 years old. Now, in the next five minutes, if I told you I was seven years old, then I, that's, that's correct too. And it was just like, are you trying to become famous? And that person's in the news criticized by like folks like Matt Walsh and Tucker Carlson and then vanishes. Jordan Peterson didn't do that. He just had his lectures that were talked about. And Jordan became huge with these lectures. And then he kind of became really big and he be went viral. And no other psychologist in Canada has this happened to him. And no other professor from his university had this happen. So I truly believe there is jealousy underneath the hatred for Jordan Peterson. They don't want him to be successful because their little book wasn't successful. Why should he be successful? Why should this guy become big when their little book that they're promoting on the show didn't go anywhere? Or their profound statement that you can self-identify as your own age or whatever the statement is didn't go anywhere. Why should he get that fame and success? I believe it's jealousy. I believe there's a lot of people in our society who are very jealous. Maybe it's legitimate jealousy. Maybe not. The thing with Jordan Peterson is he wasn't a flash in the pan guy. He had something to say that was more than just, here I am, I'm in the news with some revelation. He had more than that. Thus, he became big. And these people, they don't always, they don't always have anything to say. And jealousy, and envy, um, I really think that this is this is part of the attack. And I think it's part of the attack on many people out there in society. Folks are jealous of what they don't have. And they want to bring you down if you have that. They want you to suffer like them. We see this actually in the Ramayana, which I've been reading right now stories of envy and jealousy and folks wanting what others have and being willing to go to war 
just because somebody else is more successful or more famous or can do something they can. There's a story in the Ramayana where uh, Rama picks up this bow of Lord Shiva and nobody else in the world has been able to pick up this bow. Nobody can do it. It's it's sort of like in Western terms, the story of Excalibur. No one could pull the sword from the rock. So Shiva picks up this bow and twangs it and does whatever. It's kind of like no big deal. And the story is told in the Ramayana, book one of the seven non-abridged version, that many kings and many lords and whatever had come and picked up this bow. And, well, they couldn't pick it up. They just they could they could hold it, but they couldn't pick it up. They couldn't twang. They couldn't do anything. And they were so upset by this, they started wars and they started fighting. And then when Rama finally does it, he ends up getting married. And then he goes back to his home of Ajocha and he gets in a fight with a guy who goes, oh, well, you have that bow, but I have another bow by Vishnu. Yours is by Shiva, but I got one by Vishnu that's better. I bet you can't pick this one up. Oh, okay. I got it. Now what happens? Envy and jealousy. If we have here a book, the Ramayana, written, oh God knows, I forget how long ago. And some people say it's a true story. It's not actually fiction. So the events are much older of people going to war over jealousy. Why is it impossible to think that today a college of psychologists in Canada might go to some sort of war over someone else because of jealousy? They want to bring down Jordan Peterson because he was able to lift the bow up that they couldn't do. I truly believe that that is behind all of this. I also believe that if you're jealous of somebody, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a good thing. I've talked about this in other live streams. You can take your jealousy and you can go, okay, I can attack him. I can get this guy. Or I can go, what can I do? What can I do? I'm going to confess. I was jealous of some writers I saw who were selling books and my book sales were kind of iffy. So I wrote a few books under an assumed name. You'll never find them. And I wrote some things and uh, put them out there. And they actually ended up selling really, really well. I'm kind of shocked now, these two books I put out, how well they have sold. And there's a third that's going to follow up. That was me being jealous. But instead of trying to attack someone, instead of putting up lousy Amazon reviews, instead of condemning someone, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do a book. I'm going to put my name into the pot and I'm, I'm going to do something. That's when jealousy can be really, really good. But that's not what we do. We live in a world of Twitter fights. I'm going to attack you. And then I'm going to be so proud because I brought down someone on Twitter. But what are you really doing at the end of the day? How has your life changed? You know, these 12 people who complained about Jordan Peterson, how is their life going to be better if he loses his, his you know, certification? It's not. They're going to be still jealous of him. They're going to be jealous of somebody else eventually. So that's my feelings on that, on, on what's behind this. Now, some other thoughts on Dr. Peterson. He says in the video, the link down below, which you should check out, that uh, you will not be able to, in the future, in Canada, trust the police, lawyers, or doctors, because according to Dr. Peterson, there is a move now where if you don't follow a particular agenda, which is the woke progressive agenda, you will have your licensing revoked. You will be dismissed. You will, won't will be practicing. Um, you'll be gone. You'll be out the door. Um, 
doctors will have their licenses revoked if they don't recognize non-binary as a legitimate gender. Um, lawyers will have to push a woke agenda in Canada, according to Dr. Peterson. Otherwise, they may be up before the bar. Um, the police will have to promote certain agendas when keeping crime, according to Dr. Peterson. Otherwise, they'll be out the door. So you will not be able to trust any of these people. And he talks about in this interview others he knows who have been up before their licensing committees because they think the wrong thing. They say the wrong thing. They like the wrong thing. Maybe you saw the newspaper clipping or the news article recently, who reads clippings in newspapers, uh, of a person who was dismissed because he liked a particular YouTube channel. That's insane. Uh, I saw somewhere else someone had been dismissed from an organization because he said, I would be interested in reading this particular book, which was by the opposite point of view of this particular organization. Just because he wanted to read a book meant he was out. So, for example, if you are a uh, uh, Bill Clinton follower and you love Bill Clinton and you say, I want to read a book about Richard Nixon, you'd be out. You know, or I am a Christian conservative, but I would like to read a book about atheism. Well, you're out. We don't want you anymore. We don't even want you reading about the other side of the point of view. That is so scary to me. That is really scary. This is authoritarian. This is brainwashing. This is bad. And when your doctors and your lawyers and your police now are going to be challenged where if they don't follow this, well, that's bad for you. My question is, First, we have in Canada doctors, the police and lawyers who will have their licenses potentially revoked if they don't follow an agenda, according to Dr. Peterson in the video that I've linked down below. But who is next? Who will be the next group that will have their licenses revoked? I propose ministers. Now, ministers don't necessarily have a license. But what they do have, at least in America, is they, on their taxes, I, I don't, ministers don't have to pay taxes on things related to their ministry. Where, um, who's to say um, that maybe that right will be revoked? We're suddenly, no, no, sorry, you're promoting something in your church. Um, your, your talk in your church is wrong. We don't like it. Therefore, we're not going to allow you to be tax-free as a minister. Who's to say that's not next? There's already a push. Uh, some people want ministers to submit their sermons to have them approved by some government or private organization before they're given. So first in Canada, you see the threatening of police and then the doctors and the lawyers, psychologists like Dr. Peterson, they're threatened if they don't push the agenda. I say ministers might be next. And if it's a Christian minister, well, then the next thing might be a Buddhist minister. Actually, wouldn't be a minister, sorry, Buddhist, uh, Roshi, a Buddhist priest. And then a Hindu priest. And then why not a Muslim, Oman, or a Jewish, whatever. We could keep going. Why not all religions now suddenly have to submit their, their pulpit talks and have that edited? Why not? And maybe they will be denied their rights. I see a future where a church says it's not woke and suddenly that church is 
not going to be able to be a um, tax-free entity. I see that future. I absolutely see that future. Now, the thing is, is I actually believe, I actually believe, excuse me, we should take away the tax uh, freedoms that religious groups have. We should also put in jail ministers who are pedophiles. I am absolutely for that. But it's not a religious thing. I think they should just be treated like every other organization. Right now, we're saying they're a tax-free group because they believe in an entity that may not exist. Basically, that's 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 what we're saying. No, let's just make them like a normal business. And if that church goes broke because it has no money, well, then it goes broke because it has no money. That's a little different, though, than saying if you don't push a certain agenda, you're done. If you don't have a special uh, trans sermon every Sunday of a service, then you're done. And I think that's next. I think that's what will happen next. Then I wonder who might be after that. So I'm thinking what other organization might be ixnade, might be, might be removed. So I was watching something the other day about the New World Order, the World uh, Economic um, World Economic Federation, whatever it's called, organization. And there is a move to start punishing companies that don't, you know, toe the line. So you won't get orders from the government. You won't be allowed to work with a certain group. So you drive the truck, but your trucking company will be dismissed from the organization you're with if your trucking company doesn't push it. So it will just affect every everything down the line. I'm a farmer. I raise animals. I don't care about woke stuff, but I won't be able to sell my stuff at market. That's the idea. So it's going to hit everybody. It's not just psychiatrists. That's my fear. And the world economic, whatever it's called, is already pushing these ideas. So I don't think I'm so far off to say, if you're watching the news on Jordan Peterson and you think it's just him, no, I don't think so at all. Open your eyes. This is the future. And wait till you're next. Or wait till your company is next. And wait till your company is trapped and you're just an employee and they lay you off. You're like, but I have nothing to do with this. Like, yeah, sorry, we don't push this and we got we got written off. Just wait. I think this is the future. I think this is a horrible future. This is a scary future. And we have to stand up now. I think taking down Dr. Peterson is a great thing because basically Canada is coming out and going, hey, look at what we're doing. We're creating an authoritarian dictatorship where freedom of thought, freedom of speech, and all these other freedoms is nixed. We don't want that. And uh, they're letting the world know what the future looks like. And I hope people wake up to this. I hope they see what's going on to Dr. Peterson and they do a little more research and they go, I don't want this. I don't want this future. And they start to fight back. They start to rebel back in any way they can. I don't know how you fight back against this. I promote having faith, having hope, and religion. Never give up your religion, because when you give up that, you're going to give up your soul. I don't know how to do it. I'm not in a position where I'm threatened by this. I don't know. Uh, but I think he is a wake-up call to what is happening around us, and it needs to be taken very seriously, because it's just the start. 
I think the College of Psychologists, though, is foolish. I think they truly believe if they take his license away, they will destroy him and he will be canceled and no one will care about him. But I think that's the complete opposite. I think people will rally around him. And I think they will look at the College of Psychologists and go, yeah, you're the problem. It, it's sort of like canceling J.K. Rowling. Well, she just released a new video game. How did that canceling go again? What are you doing? She's still making money. How, how, what exactly are you doing? It's like, come on, people. You're so jealous that you're going to cancel someone, but you're actually going to make it worse. A few years ago in Broadway, they did the Book of Mormon, which you may know. I, I actually haven't seen it. Um, and I remember reading some line. They interviewed someone in the Mormon church going, what do you think about this? And they're like, yeah, we're just going to leave it alone because when we protest something, we make it worse. And we're just going to let it be. And I think the College of Psychologists coming after Dr. Peterson I think they're going to make this worse. I think they're going to draw a lot of attention to themselves, a lot of attention to Canada, and it's not going to go in the way they want it to. He's not going to vanish off the face of the earth. He's not going to become broke and homeless and anything else. The world is going to turn on them, or I hope the world wakes up anyways. But I do believe that there is a concerted effort to bring Dr. Peterson down. I do believe it. And he talks about in the video, I have linked below, that he's been pressured via his past college. He's now pressured by the College of Psychologists. He has 10 lawsuits against him. The Canadian version of the IRS came after him. Um, and I really believe the goal is to either litigate him into oblivion or to emotionally break him down and to destroy him. I think that's the goal. Do any of you watch Game of Thrones? So I'm watching it right now. Uh, and it's the greatest show ever. I love it. I'm on season four. And you know the character of Theon Greyjoy? He's broken. And then he goes, my name is, my name is uh, Reek. I, I'm Reek. And in the episode I watched last night, his sister came to save him. He's like, no, don't save me. Don't save me. I'm Reek. I'm Reek. Who are you? I'm Reek. And he's so broken mentally that he becomes something else. And I think that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do to Dr. Jordan Peterson. But we need to be like his sister and we need to fight. We need to fight because it's not just him. It's going to be all of us that are that are going to bring down. And I, I love something else he said in this video. He goes, he doesn't actually know what he's done wrong because one of the things that was submitted uh, was the three-hour interview he did with Joe Rogan. I've not seen it, but he goes, what part of that? It's three hours. He goes, everything I said, I don't know. Uh and then he goes, I retweeted the head of the minority party or the opposition party, whatever you call it. He goes, that guy's one of our leaders. How is retweeting what the other party says, you know, something that should take away my licensing? He's a public figure in government, a voted figure. How does that work? I, I, so this video down below that I've linked to Dr. Peterson obviously I've now cited it a few times today is well worth watching and I'm drawing from it. So therefore, you know, that I'm giving direct quotes and stuff that I've heard him say and not just pulling stuff out of memory. It is an hour and a half with his daughter where he details the whole thing he's facing right now. And it's really amazing to watch. You're watching a, a man struggle in a way that many of us would not be able to struggle and would not want to struggle but I think we will be facing this struggle. If you are a conservative, if you are a libertarian, if you are not alt-right, I think 
I think this is the future. I think it's a very scary world out there. And I think if you are religious, you're going to be on the hit list. I really do think religion people, whatever your religion, you're going to be on the hit list. Maybe not Muslims, because we have a weird give and take with them. And some branches of Islam are violent. But I think if you're Buddhist, if you're a minister or a priest or an Orthodox Jew, I think I think you're going to be threatened in the future. I think your church is going to be threatened or your temple or your mosque or whatever, your mandir, whatever it is. I truly believe that. And I think we're seeing it happen right now. I think in the new 15-minute city plan that they have, which pushes everyone from the country into the cities and there's actually they want like uh, uh like all the all the public land in america will just be nationalized and you won't be able to live there so we'll be forced into these cities i don't think there'll be any space for churches or temples or anything else and if you have a traditional christian group that doesn't believe in gay and lesbians or whatever you will not be welcome there and while i disagree with that church group i do agree with the idea of freedom of speech and freedom of thought. That's how the world was created, by all of us believing in different things. So I don't want to get rid of any of that. I want us all to have very different beliefs. And I love learning about other beliefs myself. I love reading about other religions and other things that, that disagree with me. That's how I grow. Actually, I find it's really interesting. When I read about um, another religion, uh, for example, Christianity, because many people watching this I know are Christians, so that's something you can relate to. I find my own beliefs in Hinduism just sort of really, I, I get really firm in them because I read this book about this guy and that guy, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't find myself converting over to Christianity. I find myself just, yes, I am a believer in Krishna and Sanatana Dharma, and this is my faith, and it strengthens me. But I don't know if everyone's like that. And I think there's a fear that, oh, if you read a book of, uh, by G.K. Chesterton or C.S. Lewis's God in the Dock or something, you'll convert to Christianity. No, not necessarily. I think, I think that helps me. It helps me grow. That's just me. I don't know. As I said at the very beginning of this chat today, it scares me, though, how many people out there are not intellectually curious. They don't want to grow and they don't want to learn. Very much scares me. So you mix that with jealousy. And I think it is a very hostile combination. It is a very scary combination. And I think the scriptures show us the outcome. It's not good. It's, it's not good. Um, Ramayana comes to mind. Like I said, I was reading it this morning. The Ramayana shows us what happens when we are jealous and when we attack people and when we fight. It is our own decline. It is our own end. So in this modern world, I don't think we're that much different from the stories of the Ramayana. I don't think the world has changed that much, really. I think we're still a very, I think we're still leading the same path, as I said earlier. So let me know what you think. Uh, Anything at all. Uh, I will eventually read your comment and get to it. It may take me a while. I may or may not respond, but I do read everything and I appreciate the comments. Just here once a week chatting about religion and society, trying to offer ideas or perspectives or to make you want to learn more 
Or on the other hand, maybe you think what I'm saying is bonkers. So feel free to put that down below. Uh, and I welcome you to chime in on anything you want and watch my other videos and check out my website with the link down below. And yeah, uh, next week, unless the schedule changes, I'll be coming out with an episode uh, expanding upon a previous one. Last week's episode, I talked about the different religious teachers I had hit over the years, just so you have an idea of where I've come from. So I wanted to expand upon that. So next week's episode, I'm actually going to be talking about my time as a follower of Adidas Samraj and some of the weird things I experienced. Like I had an out-of-body experience, which I've only had one other time, and that doesn't happen to me. I had like Kundalini stuff happen to me. I had weird sort of like, uh, well, I forget the word. I, the words are coming to me right now where something is said and you're like, this is, it's it's weird. It's really weird. And I, I it just boggled my mind. So I thought I would share that with all of you next week. I'm going to dive into that. And then where I had come from previous to that, because I saw a few things with some Christian friends. And I throw that out there. So you are free to say, no, Aaron, this is what really happened or whatever. I'm just being completely honest. Um, I believe in honesty when we're talking about religion. Otherwise, what's the point? I'm not here to make a million dollars. I'm here to just, you know, provoke thought and talk about stuff and just get ideas out there. Um, so that's going to be next week where I talk about stuff that happened to me. I also am going to be doing a future religion sorry, a future show on religion uh, where I talk about the afterlife. I just mentioned briefly at the beginning of today's chat that my ex-girlfriend had passed away and she did, but she kept appearing to me for months and months. So in a future episode, I'm going to be talking about what it was like to have my dead girlfriend come back and ask for my forgiveness so she could continue her journey in the afterlife. It was really weird. And I've never shared the stories. I, I wrote everything down and I wanted to finally share them. Um, it changed my view of the afterlife. Um, and some of you might find that very interesting. So that's in the future along with other things. Um, so yeah, with that, I'm going to draw this to a close and I sincerely wish Dr. Peterson the best in his journey. And I actually tell all of you to research what is going on with him. I think it is very scary and it could have grave repercussions. It won't end with him. What they're doing to him, it's not going to stop there. It's going to go to others and others and others. And it may affect you. We need to be aware of this. These aren't just current events. Our world is changing so very fast. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It, it's like, is this the same world I was born into? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Anyways, that question I can't answer. So with that, I'm going to say thank you for watching. Feel free to put your comments in after the fact. Check me out Saturdays at noon. Um, and yeah, may you be safe. May you be brave. May things be good for you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.